Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. And he said the strangest thing in verse 4. He said, he said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That seems upside down, doesn't it? Blessed, you're, man, you're in the blessing spot when you're mourning. What? It doesn't feel good, does it? But he said, blessed are those who mourn, because Jesus promised a very real blessing for people who are in mourning. And I'm sure we all know what mourning is. It's that, it's that sickening. It's visceral. It's, it's physical, isn't it? You feel it. You feel the loss. It's not just mental. We experience grief when we go into mourning. Anytime a loved one has died or a spouse or a parent has left or even a cherished promise was broken, we experience grief anytime we lose someone or something of great importance to us. And we enter into a season of mourning because it's how we're wired to respond to people and things of importance to us because it shows that we valued them. And to us, Jesus comes and says, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Well, in the past five months, our world has become almost unrecognizable, hasn't it? I feel like we've lost, we've suffered enormous loss of human life in the, on the globe, and, uh, and we've, we've suffered loss of the life we once freely lived. And listen, beloved, in suffering this loss, we have come into a season of mourning. That's what we do when we lose things of importance. And Jesus comes to us this morning, and he says, blessed are those who mourn. That's the good news. How do we actually receive this blessing and comfort from the Lord in a time of loss and sadness? Well, we begin by openly mourning before the Lord. Openly, just actively mourning and praying through our sense of loss. And that puts us in the place of blessing. Listen, some of you have lost lost people very recently who are very dear to you. You lost them to death. Week before last, we held three funerals in eight days. And uh, thank God none of which were victims of the virus. But nonetheless, to the families of Carol Wade and Everett Treadway and Ray Baker, we just say we love you, we're praying for you, and we share in your grief and your mourning. Now, we rejoice that in all three cases, these were individuals who freely confessed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives, so they're enjoying the splendors of heaven right now. So we rejoice in that, right? That's, that's an actual truth. But we still mourn their loss because they were of value to us. On a different scale, the sudden change in our world has created a widespread sense of loss. And this loss has caused a sense of mourning that I think, I think the Lord wants us to just recognize before him this morning so that he can give us the blessing to those who mourn. I mean, consider our general sense of loss of control and freedom I mean, we can no longer just go wherever we want to go whenever we want to go there, can we? Things have changed so much. Up until the pandemic, it seemed like we were only limited by what we could afford, right? 
And now it doesn't matter how much money we have. We, we can't just pick up and do where, whatever we want to do, go wherever we want to go, just because we've figured out how to find the time to do it. And that's created a sense of loss in us, that loss of control. I mean, how many of you had some exciting plans for this summer that just, they're just gone now? Maybe a family vacation or some, some event that you were really looking forward to, and it was just said, nope, you're not doing that. And that's a sense of loss. That's a very real sense of loss. Don't undervalue the loss that you feel because a family vacation that you'd been looking forward to, that your kids were looking forward to, isn't going to happen. That's a real sense of loss because we've lost our sense of control. And you got to realize that, that our desire to control is actually God-given. That if you, anybody read Genesis yet? No? Well, when you start reading the Bible, you're going to find real early on that God set us in the Garden of Eden and He said to us, He said, I'm going to give you dominion, dominion over all the beasts of the field, over all the uh, beasts of the earth, plants of the field. And dominion is control. And so control is God given. And when our sense, when our desire for control, is held in a healthy balance with the will of God for our lives, it's really a healthy thing. And now it's gone. In many important ways, our, our sense of control is gone, at least for now, and we feel it's loss. I was chatting with a dear friend this week who I've known for many years and just talking about this, and she said, she said, I think the word that describes what I'm feeling right now is resignation. You know, just like, oh, forget it. Just give up, you know. It's going to be what it's going to be. And that's a, that's, a, that's a sense of loss, isn't it? That's a sense of loss, kind of a temptation just to, to give up. And I think this sense of loss of control and the ability to plan and fulfill plans is something that we should mourn before the Lord because he put that in us to do that. The Bible says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Plans. Can we just put that before the Lord and say, God, I'm really sad that we don't, we're not able to make those choices. Another treasured reality we have recently lost is our sense of personal connection. Right? I mean, listen, you guys. Of all the things that we've lost, this is the one that hurts me the most personally hurts me the most. I mean, all of us were just deeply missing the people we had come to see in church, at work, in social circles. You know, I really only see about a third of the church, if that, on any given Sunday, and I'm so happy to see you guys. But it, it brings me physical pain that I can't shake your hand or better still give you a pastor's hug. I, it, anybody feeling this? I mean, this is better than nothing, but it ain't good yet. And I feel that loss. More than anything else, I feel that loss, and I respect, of course, I respect the people who are home connecting with us in other ways. I respect your, your power and right and responsibility to make good decisions for you and your family. I respect that, of course. But I miss you. 
It helps to see you even from the nose up. <laughs> we mourn the loss of personal connection. Um, some of you have gone back to work situations where with a pretty radically reduced workforce, some of you have. And it's like, I, uh, I don't see the people that I used to see every day. Even the ones you didn't like, you'd rather see, right? My son Brian, he works at the Nationwide Building downtown, and he says it's almost surreal to be in a building that I think he said normally houses 7,000 people in a day, that there's just so few people there. He said it's just so strange. And then on Friday, he texted me, and he said, well, Dad, they're sending us home today until October 12th. And some of you are in those same situations where the people that you saw, they just made sense. They brought life to you. They brought purpose. You just can't see them. And this is a loss of personal connection and creates a sense of true mourning that I think our step for today is to bring that to the Lord in prayer and say, God, I'm just sad that I can't see those people, that I can't hug those people, that I... I think a third thing we have lost is our sense of structure and routine. You know, the things we do on a repeating basis um, become the marks of our lives that make it predictable and manageable in some ways, right? Having structure in our lives, it gives us a sense of confidence in the future. That next week, I know I'm going to be, and on Wednesday, and, and for so many, that's just gone. You don't have the structure that you had before. It creates loss. The fact, you know, of not going to school or work or band or football practice or church or home group or youth group has just been so suddenly ripped away from us that we, we sense, we have a sense of loss because the structure isn't there. We should mourn that loss. This became really clear to me when we started getting feedback about a, the daily devotional series that Christian and I have been putting online for you. I gotta tell you, that whole thing has been such an eye-opener for me. <laughs> I, I can't begin, to, I don't even know where to begin telling you the things I've learned about stuff from doing those devotionals. I mean, um, first of all, I'm, I'm not that guy who wants to make a video of himself. You know, I really am not. And so it was so weird in the beginning just to open my laptop up and go, you know, hey, okay, let's turn in our Bibles. To it. it was just so weird. And, and I, I, I'm talking to my, I'm seeing myself, right? And so I actually took a piece of cardboard and I cut out where the camera is and I cut out where the button to start is. And so I didn't have to watch myself do this. I could just put it up there with a piece of cardboard and press it and the camera could see me. All right? Because it was just so weird. I'm, I, don't even, I don't even listen to my own messages. It's like, oh, who is that guy? What does he know, right? And, and so to do this was so bizarre. But I knew it had a purpose. And I'm just so grateful that, that God has given me an anointing now uh, with some time with this. To I really feel like I'm connecting with you all now. I feel like God has given me a grace for that. And so I'm so thankful for that. But it was so weird in the beginning. And since I'm using the cardboard, I thought, well, I better, I guess, watch it to make sure it came out, you know, and something weird didn't happen. And so I'd watch it, and I'd go, I went home one night, and I sat down at the kitchen table across from Karen, and I, I just said, I'm sorry. She said, what are you sorry for? And I said, 
I'm sorry for the way I look. I thought I was a lot better looking than that. <laughs> here's what she said. These, I think they're comforting words. She said, don't worry, Tom. She said, I'm in this for the whole package. That's good, right? That's good, right? Oh. But I've been surprised at the numbers of people that I hear are actually tuning into these things every day. That's a real surprise. I don't really have the gear to find out myself, but people on staff tell me how many bazillions are doing this, you know. It's been such a surprise. But as we're starting to get comments back, the comment that surprised me the most I heard on several occasions when someone early on would just say, it's just so nice to see your face. And I'm like, this face? And then it's like, duh, it's not the face. It's not the face. It's the structure. It's the predictability. It's the confidence that comes from the faithfulness of the thing. It gives structure to people's lives that was ripped away from them. We mourn the loss of that. We should mourn the loss of that today. And then a fourth and final loss I think we are mourning involves a loss of productivity. You know, we're made to produce. That's what we do. We accomplish stuff, right? And in so many cases... uh, So many have lost that sense of personal satisfaction through furlough or just changes, not only economic changes, but just that sense of productivity. Our church staff is definitely suffering from this, and I would really love your prayers about this for us, because you'll surely remember that before this whole thing started, we were were rolling hard into a word I got from the Lord that was the word surge, right? Well, I can't tell you how many amazing creative plans that the, that the church staff had developed in prayer and conversation for us all. And it was going to be a really busy and wonderful year as we rolled into this. But it was all predicated on one element, and that was that we would have freedom to bring anybody together anytime we wanted. And that's like, whew, gone. And I'm completely proud of our staff for the way they have creatively responded to these times and provided the online stuff that we are. But at the end of the day, we're joining some of you who are just feeling like, I can't make with my hands the thing that I feel like I'm made to make. We should mourn that. We should mourn that because Jesus said, blessed are those who And there are others for sure. And I just want you to think for a minute about what you feel like you've lost. Would you just think for a minute just about what, maybe something I said resonates, maybe none of it does, but maybe you could just think about something that you feel like you've lost. I mean, maybe you're a student and you're like, I don't get this year. It's not going to be the same. Maybe you're a grandparent and you're, I was going to take the kids to, you don't get to do that. Just, you know, don't minimize these things. These things are important. And because we've lost them, we're called to mourn them. 
because it's when we mourn that we're blessed. So can you just bring to mind whatever it is you might be mourning and just lay it before the Lord? And just say, Lord, I'm, I'm just really sad that... Fill in the blank. Lord, I'm just feeling sad that I'm not going to get to... Lord, I'm really sad that... And, and you're just filling your own blank in a time of personal connection with the Lord. Just mourn before him. Lord, I just feel really sad that... And lay that out before him. Because he said, blessed are those who mourn. And so we have to mourn. We can't resist the mourning if we want to be in the blessing. How do we get the hope in this time of loss? Well, it's by correctly answering the question Jesus asked Martha, right? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. That is the crucial question. She said, do you believe this? Everything changes when we truly believe this. If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, there's nothing anyone could ever take away from us that would cause us to be without hope. Because that's the blessing I think that Jesus is offering us, is the blessing of hope. The blessing the Lord is offering anyone who mourns is the blessing of hope. And we can just begin to see it in the future. You know, 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 13, the Bible says to grieve, but not as those who have no hope. That grieving is normal, even for the believer, that when someone dies or we experience significant loss, that grieving is normal, even for the believer. We have lost something of great value to us. But he said, grieve, but not as those who have no hope. And it's hope that the Lord wants to give you today in the midst of your mourning. If you will mourn before the Lord, I believe he's going to give you hope in its place. That's a pretty good trade, isn't it? And I, begin, you'll, I believe you'll begin to see what is going to be in the future. I believe you'll begin to believe for what's going to be in the future. And I believe you'll begin to move toward what's going to be in the future as he draws you out of your mourning and into hope. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, it says that there'll be weeping for a season, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. That's a morning without you. Hmm. There, maybe. I believe it's the believer's responsibility to exude joy. That in the midst of this crisis, it is our responsibility to hold our heads up and exude hope and exude joy. Right? Because there is nothing that can take away our promised reward. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Believe this? All right. And just in, in, in declaring that from an authentic place, does that not bring you hope? See? I mean, I'm still desperately missing you, but I have hope because I can begin to see that in Jesus now that what, was, what will be is going to be even greater than what was before. <laughs> you can come on up, Josh, if you would, please. Thanks. I need to tell you this in closing, and that is you know, I've always tried to resist making any part of this 
thing about me, but I think this, this may illustrate it for you. Maybe you'll dial into it. You think about loss. You know, you, for Karen and me, you are our life's work. I know, right? You are our life's work. This is it. I turned 65 on Tuesday. This is, I don't know why that's clap worthy, but you know, I just, I, just, I just kept riding the rock around the sun 65 times. But Listen, you are our life's work. And so the rhythms that we had worked so hard, prayed so hard to establish was the coming and the worshiping and the home groups and the life and the relationships and the ministry and the feeding the poor and doing things around the world. And, the, and the, we were like at the pinnacle of this thing going, yes, Lord, you did it. And then COVID came and went, whew. And I'm mourning that. But I know this, that God has given me hope that what is going to be after is going to be better than what was before. I'm going to invite you into that same kind of encounter with the Lord this morning. You know, one of our faithful intercessors, she was in here praying last night and praying for you all, as she's faithful to do. She told me this morning that when she was in here praying, she saw something. And what she saw was that in front of each island of chairs, if you will, that there is an altar right in front of you. You don't have to come. You don't have to go to the mountain. It's right there. Each, all, each, each set of chairs has its own altar in front of it. I was so inspired by that thinking, that's great, because what, what I can ask you to do is to just, would you just mourn? Whatever loss you're feeling, would you just bring that to the altar that's right there in front of you? And just lay that before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm just sad because, because Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. And just lay it before him. And I need you to do this before next week. I need you to be ready for next week. I need you to have experienced hope this week so you'll be ready for next week. Father, we invite your presence now. We invite you to come into this place and move in our hearts, move among us. Hear our mourning. We know you see our sadness, Lord, and we just hear now your invitation to say that to you. Blessed are those who mourn. And God, some of these things might seem small in the grand scheme of things, but Lord, they're important. These are important losses. And so we lay them before you equally. Whether it be the loss of a loved one or the loss of a vacation, Lord, we're still feeling these losses. And so we just mourn these things before you. And Father, I pray as we do that you'll, you'll meet us at these altars and that you'll, you'll trade, us, trade us up our, our mourning for hope that you have for us, Lord. Blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. What I'd love to ask you to do is, Josh is going to lead us in a song here. and I'd like for you to do this. 
if you, if you will. Just, just stay at the altar and just mourn before the Lord. Just pray your prayer mourning to the Lord as he leads us. And then when you've emptied yourself out of that, when you've just prayed that prayer, then and only then, I'd love to have you stand up and, and, uh, and, and, and sing about the hope and receive the hope. So that's all going to be on your timing. But would you please answer the Lord's call to enter into a time of, of mournful expression of the moment you feel like you're in right now. You can uh, sit there, you can kneel before, whatever. I'm not going to try to create anything, but I'm just giving you plenty of liberty to just follow the stirring of your heart.